Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home at class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to The Home Hour, part of the Life Listen Network. On today's episode, we're celebrating one year of podcasting. That's right. It's our one-year anniversary. We're taking a look at all we've learned and all we've discussed and diving into your favorite episodes, the worst audio disasters, and of course, a debrief and final wrap-up of our most controversial episode ever, Penelope Trunk. Plus, Kirsten's fourth child, Amazon Alexa, snail butt paste face cream, and Graham's relentless pursuit of Susie Orman. All that and more on this week's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of The Home Hour. It's our one-year anniversary. Happy birthday, my darling. I should say anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) It's just creepy. That's the thing. It's all creepy. Um, Yeah, happy. Was it it creepy when I called you and read you from a website of romantic things to say (laughs) to your partner on their anniversary, and I just substituted podcasts for marriage? (laughs) The funniest thing about you, though, is like you have that weird thing about touch. So even if I see, well, not that. Do you want to clarify that? (laughs) Well, it's just like you did. You called me up and you said it's our one year anniversary. We were planning for the show. You're reading me all these incredibly creepily romantic things that like a partner (laughs) says to another one. But when I happened, like I never see you. I see you maybe two times a year. And whenever I do, I mean, I think it's pretty normal for girls to be like, hey, like, let me give you a hug. Hello. I've never seen a body physically stiffen and bristle <laughs> like yours. Like, <laughs> you've, I mean, and it's very off putting when you haven't seen like your best friend and your business partner. And like, yeah, I'd like to give you a hug. Hello. And you just do this like weird thing where your body goes stiff and <laughs> you get this great, you get crazy eyes. It's true. It's like how Lucille Bluth can't wink, but she keeps trying. Like, I can't hug normally. It's very weird. You can't. So I finally stopped. I guess I'll high five you when I see you in a few weeks. I don't know. Like, yo, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Um, Yes, it is our one year anniversary on the Home Hour, and it has been a wild and wonderful, wonderful year. And so do you have a gift for me, Kirsten? Um, Yeah. Hold on. Dude. I'm thinking, <laughs> no, I don't have a gift for you. Um, you said it's paper, right? It the is one paper. Year, yeah, it's that's paper. the one-year anniversary gift, uh-huh. is paper. I'm going to bring but, you, I have a whole big ream of copy paper for you coming your way. No, that would have been sweet. If I had been, if I had thought ahead, that would have actually been really cute to get you a paper gift. Well, I have to say, um, shout out to the mom hour. I remember that I think... Megan got Sarah for Christmas, and I thought this was the coolest thing ever. It was um, kind of the intro to their show, but it was the wave file. Like, it was a visual picture of the wave file of them doing their intro. That probably sounds very confusing. Um, And she had it, like, printed out and mounted on a—so it would be like if we did, you know— The canvas people. 
Yeah, it was from Cam. Yeah, it was from one of the sponsors, Canvas People. I just thought that was an absolutely genius gift. So it would be like if I gave you the wave file of "Welcome to the Home Hour." I'm Kirsten, and I'm Graham. <laughs> so you um, didn't get me a gift, but you're telling me about other podcasters. Who got oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those are the gifts that keep on giving. New yeah. ideas. Wait, wait. And I think- well, Graham. Speaking of sponsors, before we get too too far ahead of ourselves, we do have a sponsor for this show. We are so excited to present a new partner to the show, Prep Dish. I am pumped about Prep Dish. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a meal planning junkie. And Prep Dish is an exciting way to add meal planning into your life and take out the hassle and stress of planning and getting ready for your meals. So basically what they are, are they're a meal planning service where every week you're going to get an email with a grocery list. And then you're going to get prep ahead instructions. So all of your meals are ready for the week. So there's no guesswork needed. And Prep Dish does all the planning for you. What I like about it is that they are gluten free and um, paleo meals. And I am just so excited about it because basically you go to the supermarket, they give you your entire shopping list. You have all these neat new recipes to try. And what's cool about it is that they divide it, right? So you can go to your herb section of the supermarket, your fruit section, everything's just really easy to go through. But then they also have substitutions. Like I'm just thinking about one really great meal, trout with cauliflower, rice, and spinach, right? But let's say you don't want trout. Um, On your grocery list, it'll say trout or, you know, another fun fish that you feel good about type thing. So you can kind of substitute it to fit your own taste, but you also get to try all these really, really interesting recipes. And what's also cool about it is that they throw in a breakfast, a snack, and a dessert. So you're going to get a bunch of meals during the week, but then you're also going to get some sides and some other things that you can do so that you're eating healthy all week long. And we have a really special offer as well for our listeners. That's right. You get to, our listeners get to go ahead and try prep dish for two weeks for free, which is just an absolute no-brainer. I mean, nothing to lose. So you're going to want to go to prepdish.com slash home hour. Again, that's prepdish.com slash home hour. Guys, pay attention. It's not the home hour. It's just home hour. So prepdish.com home hour. We'll have links to it in our show notes, but two weeks for free, no-brainer. And what I love about this is the idea of just, you know, taking a little bit of time on the weekend doing all my prep work at once and then making those really stressful week weekday nights so much easier. So I'm I'm excited to to have this incorporated into kind of my meal prep. So thank you Prep Dish. Thanks Prep Dish. All right, all moving right. on to the anniversary celebration. Well, talking about Prep Dish it made me think, okay, do you want to introduce our anniversary celebration or can I just tell you something that makes me excited cuz meal planning was one of our great episodes. Okay, okay, you're just you're just diving right in. I'm yes. just diving right so in. So for our one-year episode, what we thought we would do is kind of take a retrospective and look back on um, all of the episodes we've done so far, what have been some of our favorites, what we've learned, who were the guests we just kind of took a lot of good nuggets of wisdom away with. Um, <clears throat> who, were the gu- who were the guests we got hate mail because of? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I knew I cleared my throat for a reason. Um, but if you are a new listener to the show, well, then welcome. and. Actually, if you're a new listener to, the, listener to the show, then this is actually a great episode for you to start in because we're going to tell you which ones you've got to go back to and listen to because, um, you know, there were some goodies that have really stuck we with had, us a year later. You know We've what I kind of feel like? Do you remember lot. when we were younger and we'd watch like a sitcom like Family Ties or the New Heart Show or whatever it was, and they do like the flashback, um, yeah. you know, like the, yeah. the scenes of the best of? I feel like that's kind of what 
today is. But we're gonna, <laughs> but we're gonna have some in case you've missed it and you just want to know the best of the best. Kirsten and I have kind of compiled what we thought was the most interesting from you know the little tidbits and nuggets from some of our most interesting shows, and we'll just kind of be chatting about those. So I, I do think you'll. It's almost like a cliff notes to the last year of the Home Hour. And let's just also be honest. We had a show about three episodes ago, one twelve. Um, that we have had people reach out to us and say, we need a debrief. We need a recap. It's almost like when you read a book and you don't even know if you liked the book or you didn't like the book, but you can't stop thinking about it and you just want to talk to everyone about the book. That is how I know I felt about the Penelope Trunk episode. And I know a lot of our listeners felt the same way. So we will also kind of do a little bit of a, a recap on that one. So Let's let's dive right in. Okay, Graham, I think we're just going to go through kind of um, the most, the most, the most of everything and um, most emails, most listened to what we've learned, what we've taken away. Alrighty. Okay. Sounds good to me. Okay. So our most listened to episode, you know what it is, don't you? I'm pretty sure I do, but tell everyone. It's Clean Mama. This is way back. This is like maybe nine months ago. You we all had cl- love cleaning. <laughs> 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 who knew that cleaning toilets was such a hit? I thought so. I thought the February month of sex would really pull people in, but it was nope. no. It was sex making... sells. Not true. Let me tell you what sells: vinegar cleaning products, <laughs> ammonia, and citrus <laughs> mixed together. Um, that was that was our most listened to episode. Yeah, Clean Mama. Right. We got to well, get, get her back on. If you if you are either someone who just weirdly loves to clean or someone who hates to clean and feels overwhelmed by cleaning, that's a good one to go back and listen to. And of course, we link to um, her website on our show and have all of the, um, on our show notes, and we have all of the recipes for some of the great cleaning products that she recommended um, and makes herself. So, oh, Well, I think the coolest part was she makes a cleaning product that really does well on anything, and it has vodka in it. I thought that was mind-blowing, that that was part, I mean, I guess it's alcohol, but um, but still, <laughs> that that was part of the recipe to make this amazing. And I've had people come up and stop me and say that they've made it and used it and loved it. So these are really good homemade cleaning products. I have had the same thing. Um, okay. Graham, which was your favorite episode? Wow. Okay, you're diving right in. I think that my favorite episode of the year so far has probably been the one that we did with the Economides. I just oh, loved really? it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I just I well, first of all, everyone who listens knows I love talking about money and finances. And I just thought they were a really interesting couple. Yeah, that was a good one. That was in January. That was part of our New Year, New, New You. And if you haven't heard that one, the Economides, that's their real name. But they are their kind of nickname is America's Cheapest Family. So we talked a lot about budgeting. Um, they've also agreed to come back on the show and do one specifically on grocery shopping and how to cut your grocery bill in half. So I liked that one, too. That was a good one. Well, um, it was a very hopeful episode because I think the takeaway for that episode, they, oh, so long and short, they had five children and they lived on under 30 odd thousand dollars a year, but they lived well and they took a lot of the financial aspect that's kind of scary. Like budget is a dirty word, but they don't see it as a dirty word. They see it as a word of freedom and adventure. And it's completely motivational, right? Like you chart out what you want your life to look at and you figure out what you need to do to make it get there. And so it opens up your financial freedom. Yeah. So that was my favorite. What was your favorite, Kirsten? You know, I actually am maybe going to, I don't know if this will surprise you or not, but my favorite episode was, um, was the one where we had Caroline on. 
Dumas? Yeah. Malatesta? <laughs> that does surprise I love, me. I love friends that it will always be their maiden name to us. But yes, um, for those of you who didn't hear that episode, that one is, um, it's actually about, we invited one of our college roommates on the show, um, who is, she's kind of a national figure at this point, but she has a crazy story about birth and a birth trauma and a lawsuit that made national headlines and how she found gardening as a way to recover from that. That was seriously your favorite episode? Yeah, it was really fun to have Caroline on the show. Yeah, but we've been hearing the story for years and years <laughs> and years. <laughs> Ad nauseum. We love her, but my God. <laughs> There's Caroline again. I don't know. Who like... I just felt like you don't really know Graham and I till you know Caroline and where we came from. Like, I felt like it was, it was you know, kind of like, I don't know, pulling pulling back the wool a little bit and showing everyone. Mm-hmm. There's another one. There's another one. Well, there. I think the cool concept is kooky as us. I think it's the neat idea of like the story core, just the idea that or, you know, citizens of New York is um, or humans of New York is that everybody has a story. Every single person, if you take the time to get to know them and listen to what they have to say. I mean, we try to bring on a lot of creative people on the show or people who are doing interesting things in their respective spheres. But Anyone has something interesting to say, any single person. And I think Kirsten, I believe that. And so now you're making me think about the interview that we did with the author of Gracious and um, adulting, Kelly Williams Brown, because I think that's really her mantra. That was another one of my favorites was just treat everyone um, kind of in a in a way that you would. Oh, my God, man, they're all coming back to me now. Lizzie Post. How are we? How are we not like calling out these great episodes? Oh, I know. We, well, we, Lizzie are, we are. I was just I was just I like Caroline. She's our friend. And here's the other thing I want to say about this is I had this hideously ugly plant in my yard. It was an artichoke plant. And if you've ever seen an artichoke plant, they're just ugly. They look like weeds. They're terrible. I've had this thing growing for three years. Not a single Hope of an artichoke has come from this. People must think, why does this woman not notice she has like a six foot tall weed in her yard? Guess what happened? Did I you get in- a sprout? I got, I have an artichoke. I have a baby artichoke. I am so oh. excited. I'm going to post a picture of it on Instagram and I would have totally ripped it out if it weren't for Caroline and her inspiring me with her garden story. Yeah. Yes, but you're right. She might not be. She's, all right. She's no Lizzie Post. Let's put it that way. You're right. You're right. <laughs> no, we love her. She's great. Um, all right. So, in fact, I heard a little blip um, while we were talking a while ago. And I think that kind of brings us back to really how far we've come as far as, well, how about this? We're still recording in our closets. So not much has changed there. But hopefully the audio has gotten better. So anyone who's listened to us for a long time, thank you for that. Because I would yes. say that's probably one of our... You know, really, we've worked to not only provide good content and interesting shows, but overcome the fact that it needs to be a professional show. (laughs) We will forever be in our closet. But um, yeah, I think our biggest disaster episode and the reason why I called it a disaster is because the content was so good and the Mm -hmm. audio was so bad. But I loved it when we had um, episode 71 when we got tips for selling your house from a realtor and we kind of talked about the whole process of should you sell your house? Should you not sell your house? All that. It was such great content and it was one of like our first eight episodes and we just had all sorts of audio problems. Um, The tech side of this is frustrating sometimes and that, that really stinks. And sometimes we have great guests and we just have tech issues that come up, but uh, we loved that one. I loved that one. Mm -hmm. It was also the biggest disaster. Anything that you wish you could go back and do again? 
Yeah, I mean, our sweet, so our, just our most recently aired episode on chickens that hopefully everyone got to hear. <laughs> Man, we have had so much trouble getting a chicken expert for everyone. You would not believe it. Um, we have, we. It's as if the chickens are cursing us somehow, and I'm not really <laughs> sure how, but they did not want us to get a show out to you, but we have prevailed. Actually, I shouldn't even say it. We, we have prevailed, and we have brought a good chicken show on, but it took us... <laughs> There was a lot of chicken, you know what, before we finally got it out. <laughs> okay. All right. Now I think what was our most this is this is almost a rhetorical question. What was our most controversial episode, Graham? Oh wow. I think we definitely have a tie. We either have the rules girls and or Penelope Trunk. And I can't tell which I think I mean I'm gonna go with Penelope for be no, the rules. The rules was our most controversial. Nobody uh... seemed to really like well, okay, define controversial. We got a lot of hate, angry mail. <laughs> <laughs> people okay. said people said nasty things about us on our show and the people we were. I don't know. It seems like controversy to me, Gerson. Well, I don't find that to be controversial. When everybody just hates something, then that's just hate. You're right. You're <laughs> right. That's the Penelope true. Trunk, the reason I feel like that one would be the most controversial is because there was a lot of debate. It sparked a lot of a lot of good, hearty conversation. And I don't know, I think maybe we were just a little bit more experienced as podcasters at that point, and we were able to introduce it in a better way. We were able to kind of frame it as saying, like, you're not going to love everything you hear, but she'll make you think, and you're going to like some and not like some, and, you know, let's be respectful. And I think maybe we did a better job of setting that one up to succeed and to have good-spirited conversations as opposed to um, the Rolls girls were like, whoa, you guys better listen to this. This is crazy, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, I have had a lot of people come up to me and said, you know, I'm going to be nicer to my husband. I should be nicer to my husband. And that, so that's interesting too. So people did, did, I think, take away, you know. Yeah. And for those of you who need a primer, if you haven't listened to, if you're not a true devotee of every single episode we put out, (laughs) the rules girls, their overarching mantra was basically like, you know, you need to almost kind of continue to court your husband but at the same point in time like you're in this partnership and you need to do your best to make life easy on them but at some times it could have seemed antiquated some of the information they were giving but at the same point in time if you kind of flip the tables on it and just thought how you might want to be treated there were a lot of there are a lot of good tidbits in there it just makes you think I mean I think I was nicer to my husband for about 10 days after you know you know all those things like you know how like you listen to something and you get all motivated and then just kind of goes away so yep <laughs> it's nice to freshen up. Um, okay, Penelope, so then let's, we'll get to Penelope let's dig into Penelope. I think the time has come. Everybody wants to talk about this one. I think it deserves a, another look, another examination, <laughs> a deep dive. You mean in 45 minutes we didn't solve the uh, women worker stay home crisis? <laughs> That's such an easy one, though. We're not on our game. It means we haven't learned very much at the home hour this year. Yeah, well, because by, we by next year, we'll have solved it, everyone. Stick with us. We were busy okay. being interrogated during our interview. It didn't leave <laughs> us any time to, like, debrief. So hello, everyone, and welcome to the debrief on Penelope. Okay, for the most part, um, very few people wrote in and said, I absolutely hate her. I hated this. It was terrible. We did get a couple. A couple people said, for example... I'm listening to Penelope Trunk right now, and I've got to say, she sounds like a huge jerk. <laughs> I don't have a fake job. I, I'm a scientist, and I do Parkinson's research. I have two kids. I have a husband who also is not fake. She's rubbing me the wrong way. It's late. I'm tired, and i got to get up early to go to my 
fake job. I so, liked that one. I like that. So like whoever that out there wrote that, thank you. That was that was a good one. Thank that kind of gave and, me a chuckle. And I hope you cure Parkinson's. It's a terrible disease. Oh, and yes. I'm glad you went to work to do that. That um, is a very real job. A very real, a real job. job. Okay, how about this Our one? Thank you for you. Not like podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Penelope, for putting it all out there. And thank you, Kirsten and Graham, for hosting. I'm raising my hand and nodding with Penelope. Yep, yep, yep. Mid-30s over here, currently supporting my husband in his midlife career change. That's a side note. That's interesting. Um, we need to discuss that at some point because I think a lot of people go through that. Okay, two small children, ages four and two, and I'm miserable. She is right. If you don't have to work, you don't. And if you are in my age range with small children, you are working. Just like my mom did her entire life because my father was a blue-collar worker, and you know what to this day she says she wished she could have been home with us. There you go. Yeah. And I think a lot of people wrote in and said um, said that they they found it to be very real. A lot of people wrote in, and we'll just summarize some of them. Um, but one woman said uh, said specifically that she felt like this episode gave me permission to let go of those guilty feelings that she had just a lot of guilt about not using her extremely expensive education at a job that I didn't love and didn't want to do. I know everyone feels differently and has different experiences, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow feeling excited to do what I've always dreamed I would do, play with my babies and not feel an ounce of guilt. And I think I had a lot of people um, write us emails saying that they they just felt like it kind of validated their choice to be a stay-at-home mom. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. Like, I loved that for those people, they could say, like, we have looked at the numbers. It does not pencil out. It is not something I want to be doing. I want to be at home with my kids and I don't want to feel guilty or like I'm not contributing or like it's a less less of a choice to stay home. And I, I love that people wrote to us and felt like it gave them permission. Yes, um, that's my favorite thing. Well, and I think that goes to any level of life. I mean, I don't know if you do this, but I sometimes do. Like if I feel nervous or anxious about like a new experience I'm going to have or, you know, where I feel like maybe here I am home with the kids, but really I should be out working. If you just mentally in your mind can find a way to turn it off and enjoy what it is you're doing, it brings this unbelievable freedom and peace. And it's a very, I mean, it's nothing, I mean, I guess sometimes you need to hear it from the outside, but if you can actually kind of internalize that message and, um, and just turn it off, right. And just feel good about what it is you're currently doing at the moment. It just, kind of takes you to a new level. I think I think that's right. And I think that for a lot of people, both both texts from friends and emails from listeners we don't know and comments on on the show notes, a lot of people felt like, okay, like someone is is saying what I've sort of been thinking that this is this doesn't make any sense and it isn't worth the money for me. So I, I love that we gave people that permission. Um, now there was other people who said there's a lot of faults in in her arguments. And I think that's very true. One of the things that we talked about or that she talked about on the show that we both you and I afterwards were like, wait, this we were, you know, kind of in shock. And so we didn't say everything we wanted to say. But one of them was just sort of this idea of um, she was very specific on. On that, the only reason you work is because of the income. And I don't think that's true. And there's a lot of jobs that maybe will never be wildly financially successful, but they're very rewarding in other ways. Mm-hmm. And and we didn't really talk about that. Like, what about teachers? They're never going to get rich teaching, but that's still a wonderful job and a huge contribution to society. You know, um, we didn't get into that. And then also sort of this idea. I love 
that one of the things that she said was basically some of these part-time jobs really don't pay anything and they just look good on paper and they're just something to say at a cocktail party and they make other women feel bad that they don't have that. And if that's what's going on, then, then I love that we, uh, that she did bring that up and say like, listen, don't be intimidated by that because really they're not making any money. But there's also sometimes, again, more ways you can be paid than just money. So if those people are finding some sort of a fulfillment or a joy, or they're laying the groundwork for a job that will pay later, then, then that's not a bad thing. Of course not. Right. Because at some point down the road, your children will be off in college or whatnot. And it might be nice. Everyone likes to feel valuable and feel, you know, important, I think, no matter what. And, you know, that's, one of the freedoms that she allowed. But I also like, we had someone named Kristen write in. She said, I'm 35 with three kiddos, one, six, and eight. I have an MBA in accounting and work from home for a large national company. I don't have to work. I'm married to a successful attorney. I choose to work because it keeps my mind sharp and allows me to do more than change diapers. Um, I bring home what we call the quote unquote fun money, extra cash that allows us to do more and save more at the same time. I kind of thought that was a neat concept when you're talking about kind of a side job or a part-time job. You know that sometimes you just work to make life, you know, maybe the second job in the family is to make life a little bit easier. Yeah, and I think that's hard, too, because, you know, it's everybody's in a different financial financial position. Some people don't have to work at all. Some people have to work full-time. And some people are doing it for reasons that have nothing to do with money. So. Yeah. Man, life's tricky. Thanks, Penelope, for sharing your unadulterated opinions (laughs) with us. Um, I think one of the things, too, that comes down to understanding this why people work, it comes down to whether you agree. When we were talking about doing things like the marathon running, you know, and I said, well, what about people who are training for a marathon? She said, no, they're just doing it so they can tell people they're running in a marathon. I think it comes down to do you believe that or not? Right. Like that could be your access point to determine whether or not you believe with that. Because I don't think that's I mean, I think some people do it to see if they physically can do it. Right. Like an internal goal. Right. Well, I think let's be honest. It is very cool to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go run a marathon tomorrow. Like that's a cool thing to be able to say. But I don't know if that is motivating enough to run for 26 miles. You know, I think that's the difference. I think it. it, Yeah, you're going to get a lot of personal growth out of doing something like that, a lot of sense of pride and personal accomplishment. And, you know, it's a nice benefit to be able to tell people I'm an amazing marathon runner, but I don't think that's why you do it. I don't think that's enough motivation. So, yeah, sure. I, so I here's the question, Kirsten. Look at it from work. So basically she grilled us about our life and job mm-hmm. and we're debriefing. Do we feel better or worse now about what it is we're doing and how we're spending our days? Um, I'd say I actually feel better after listening to her interview. Oh my gosh. I think like the day afterwards, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to be the best mom ever. I'm going to bake cookies. And then the next day I'm like, I'm going to work full time. I got, I don't know. (laughs) If if I'm the best mom ever, I'm like swatting cookies out of my children's hands. I feel like that's my good parenting. I'm like, do not eat that. Get it out of your mouth. Um, I don't know. My head is spinning. I I don't know if that was a good debrief or a bad debrief, but we hear you. It definitely sparks good conversation. Um, Oh, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, Well, and the one thing everyone loved was we had a we had a writer calling from Australia and basically like international diplomacy. I mean, we she's like, I've never heard Americans speak so frankly. And so that was great. So I love that. If anything, we've just strengthened the Australian American um, American bond. So I'll notify the State Department. (laughs) Extraordinary. Um, I love it. Okay, so 
yeah, Penelope Trunk. It was good. It was a good episode. Again, if you haven't heard it, it's one that we would definitely recommend. It's a toughie, but a goodie. It's a toughie, but a goodie. It is. And okay, things we've done differently because of the home hour in general. We've interviewed all these neat people. Kirsten, I want to hear some things that you have done in your life that have been different. I have actually done a lot of things. They're silly things, some of them, but they've changed me. I have organized all of my junk drawers in my kitchen. Oh, was that neat method? Yeah, totally. Oh, she was a rock star. Well, and also the other thing she said that I loved was the kitchen should be organized around the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is the scent calm of the kitchen. I, and so I've changed all my situation to like be close to the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was genius. Okay. Um, I made matzo ball soup using what you want to eat's recipe. What you want to eat. That was a great Christmas edition we did in case anyone missed it. <laughs> Christmas car, Graham. I made her rainbow holla. Did you really? It was, yeah, it was amazing. It's like her signature thing. I know, that's but that, what, you know. That, that's very cool that you made that. That looks yeah, so Amy, pretty. Well, I mean, you're the first, I made, I first time, this is our one year anniversary, my love. Um, the first time I ever made hollow was with you. <laughs> but, you know, Amy took it to the next level. So that was great. All That's right. really cool. If you're not following her on Instagram, she's a fun one to follow. And you can see pictures of the rainbow hollow. Um, I did some closet thinning. Oh. Rachel, Rachel gave, it, gave us another smackdown and said, that I shouldn't save things that I have have had in my closet since I, since I was 18. She said to let it go. She did, did say let it go. I did. That was, I'm telling you, we got a lot from Rachel. We got we to gotta find her and get her back on the show. She was wonderful. Well, we say um, that about every I single guest, really... but she was great. She was another professional organizer. Rachel and Co. is the name of her company. And we talked about decluttering our closets and our lives and how much time we spend in our stinking closets trying to find something to wear. It is unbelievable. And see, I liked the Katie Workman episode we did on meals um, and family, kind of family home meals. And I, she basically has talked about stovetop popcorn. And that changed my life, too. I've been making, I've been popping my own popcorn. And there's, I don't know what the difference is. I have not bought microwave popcorn since then. I think we make it like two times a week. I've started using the truffle salt you're such a big fan of. And it's just like, it's a comforting, it's a very, very comforting thing to do. Okay, you know what? I did try to do that, too. I tried to make stovetop popcorn, and I totally screwed it up. So maybe, what? can you show me how to do it? It's almost foolproof. You must have been not monitoring it. It must have, did, you, did it burn? I don't even remember exactly why it well, went Basically, wrong, it olive oil in the bottom of the pot, and then it turn on the heat, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it stops popping, it is done. <laughs> and, and that's the whole shebang, so... Okay, I'll give it another try. But I did, I did make, I did a mix of top popcorn. Um, I also have my, I have my parents' nineteen seventies air popper. Oh, you need to, you need to let that go. No, it's great. It still works like a champ, and so it's so easy for me. Yeah, works like a champ making disgusting air popped popcorn. That stuff tastes like like cardboard or shoe leather. You like air? I need a little butter, a little oil, a lot of. You need salt. What are you doing with air popped popcorn? Uh, Enter truffle salt. Shake it up. Boom. Okay. I reorganized all the furniture in my bedroom a la feng shui. <gasps> One of our first interviews. It was shui. so good. I actually um I actually thought about that one a lot. The year of the yes. rooster. Was it the year that of the is... rooster, Graham? 
it was the year of the rooster when we recorded. Yeah, 2017, I believe. Um, she had a lot. No, she had a lot of roosters that she put all over the house. But yeah, I've been doing feng shui for a while. Kind of, you know, like where you point your bed, where you point the stove. Like you never, if you're in the kitchen, you never should have your back to your guests, I guess, or to the entranceway. That's part of it. I thought that was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just realized my bedroom was not, my bedroom was like the room that, you know, it just like went to the back of the line. You know, everybody else, nobody really goes in there. I just go in there to sleep. And so I'd sort of given it like the, eh. And I, I did a lot of work this year on my bedroom. And I think it kind of all came from this idea of creating a sanctuary space that she talked about and getting a good night's sleep. And I had this giant desk in my bedroom. And it was so big that I couldn't even really open the doors to it. And I think that sleeping next to that desk stressed me out. I, I literally moved the desk out of the room, which took an entire weekend. I've slept better. I think oh, yeah. And you had all that junk under your bed. And it's really bad luck to have stuff under your bed. I know. Um, and I still, I knew you were going to bring that up. I still the, have fabric rolls. You still, yeah. Bed. You were all, you always, have, why do you have fabric under your bed? Get Where do you keep there. giant fabric rolls? Not under your bed. You should not have anything <laughs> under your bed. <laughs> I know, I know. That'll be next year. That'll be the next 100 episodes. Oh, you know what I've done is I think on our trends episode of what's what's hot and what's not in 2018, I have been looking for things that are lavender and teal. Because remember, those are the colors that are really in for this year. So I've actually, like, if I'm debating on something, like if I'm out and I'm buying a gift for someone, I'll I'll grab the lavender or teal. And you really, if you look around in stores, it really is starting to pop up everywhere. Well, do you remember what Calder Clark said, too? And I've actually brought this up on another episode about that, like hunter green and and sort of that peachish color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How she mm-hmm. said that that was going to be the new thing. I've noticed that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her color, her colors were definitely spot on. Um, OK, I also started I, I've talked about a lot on the show about how I get stressed out about doing like a small decoration because I feel like everything leads to the next big project to the next big project and before you know it I'm just tearing down my house mm-hmm. and we had so many people come in who were in the decorating space we had Rachel Gurley who was at One King's Lane we had Steel Mark who who was at Coastal Living and they all sort of talked about there are ways to refresh your home with small little things so pillows straightening bookcases I've, I've really believed that and I've done that and I've made small changes that haven't cost a fortune or become this massive decorating project and yes like take the book jackets off the books yeah that was the biggest thing I mean I actually just last night took some book jackets off and just kind of trap well the other thing we learned was use them for gift wrap like wrap up a fun little thing for a friend um in your old book jacket so that was yeah but I mean like before I talked to all those people I would have needed a new welcome mat and I wouldn't have bought one because I would have thought, oh, well, I really like this, but then I need to get the matching pillows and then I should do some drapes. And then it, and it would just I would just say, no, get the welcome mat. And um, they gave me kind of the courage to do that, to just buy little things without having a grand master vision plan, you know. Well, and Steele had a genius idea, too, about, like, if you need a rug for a large room, first of all, always make sure furniture's on the rug. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't you don't want to have furniture off the rug. I thought that was a nice little tip. And then as well, like, you can get one larger sizal rug, but put smaller, put multiple smaller rugs on the sizal rug, you know, because one large rug can be very expensive. But if you're getting a bunch of smaller rugs, that's a nice way. And it's actually very chic, I think, to kind of get some older... um, different rugs there you go have you gotten any rugs or you just, just yeah no 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 I, i've i've re, i've gotten a couple new rugs so nice. that's been that's been a good thing yeah i know it really it really looks good okay i thought our holiday cocktail episode something really stuck with me from that which was 
I don't know. My cocktails have always been like a LaCroix and vodka. Like I've never done anything exciting. And, um, and she talked about how when you open a bottle of wine, it's really the winemaker's vision and their, their work. But if you're making a cocktail, you get to get really creative. And it's kind of like back when someone told me, oh, yeah, I always make my own salad dressings. They're so much better. And mm-hmm. they're really easy to make. They don't take a lot of time and they're easy and they just significantly make it better. I think I kind of am thinking that with cocktails, too. So, so you want a signature party cocktail. I have yeah, a lot and of not even like a party, but just cool. like if I was going to do a special birthday dinner or a special Valentine's dinner or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the celebration was, I'm going to make a cool cocktail to go with it. Yeah, that's she has beautiful cocktails, too, yes, on her that's site, another so. good one to follow. Um, great. And what, what's the last thing you did, Kirsten, because of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I subscribed to the Kind Snack Club. Woo-woo. Aren't we all <laughs> lifetime members of Kind They're not even paying They're us for this. They're not even paying us for this. Kind, this, this is, is a freebie. True. If you get an invoice, don't be, don't be <laughs> surprised. Um, yeah. Kind, we, we owe you a free one. Thanks for sponsoring the Home Hour this year. <laughs> And a lot of listeners subscribe to the Kinds Nightclub too. Uh, um, okay, Crib, did you anything year? else that you um, that you did because of because of the home hour? I know one of my favorites was what men want in their homes. I mean, that was a really, really fun episode. I really enjoyed that one. That was in February. And we made a survey. We actually had some men come up with the questions. And then we had even more men answer the questions. And it was kind of what are men looking for in their homes? And I thought it was really interesting because we're, you know, still considering a remodel. And it's just nice to, like, hear the perspective that's a little bit different of what guys want in their house. So are you going to do a whole wall of windows and out? Yeah, that's what trails? it's the windows. Like basically I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to bring, well, I'll tell you what I've done. I've added more mirrors all over the house because I've, you know, mirrors reflect the light from the windows. So that's the closest way without buying new windows that I can open up the house a little more. Oh, and it's worked. Okay. I just added a huge mirror in the den and it like is actually like I added another window. It's been wonderful. Okay. You know what? Now that you say that, I, I didn't actually do this, but I didn't yell at my husband when he came home with a whole new Sonos system. So because he said in his survey that like audio is his biggest thing. Oh my gosh. Do you, do you have one of these? Do you have like a smart audio system? Due to my husband who goes out and buys the Sonos stuff. Um, oh my yeah. goodness. Okay, we've been Sonos owners for mm, about three days. Let me tell oh, you. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's great? Do you like it? That's, no, no. I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I guess Sonos will not be sponsoring the show. Because... <laughs> You've got to live into it. <laughs> um, I, I have a fourth child now, and that child's name is Alexa. I am so annoyed with Alexa and the way she has oh. taken over our life. Oh, he went big. Oh, we don't have Alexa. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Our Sonos is tied to Alexa. So now everything in our house, like she's probably listening right now because I just said Alexa. And so it's nonstop. <laughs> and my kids, they come home and it's they're like, do you know what? Do you know what they do with Alexa? They play. It's constant. They love that song. Hands clap, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Hands clap. Hands my kids. Alexa, play hand clap. Alexa, volume 10. Alexa, hand clap. Alexa, I cannot hear hand clap at volume 10 one more time. And they each go into a different room and tell the Alexa a different thing. So like oh, the greatest show is blaring in the kitchen and then hand clap is on repeat in a room that no one's even in anymore. And then one of the kids is saying, Alexa, let's play rock, paper, scissors. Do you know that she does that? She plays rock, paper, scissors with them. So that goes on nonstop. And then the other thing is that she has these daily trivia games that she'll play with them. 
But my six-year-old does not know the answer to any of the trivia, so he comes <laughs> running in. Mom, is a femur a bone in your leg? True or false? He's asking me like about um, like <gasps> obtuse triangles and geometric terms, and it's you need to oh unplug gosh, that. Non stop. Get that oh, unplugged as quickly okay. as possible. That is Sorry. terrible. No, that we have was a tangent, But what do men yeah. want? They want a good sound system. Yeah, we're talking good sound. Like, yes, Sonos provide excellent quality sound. Did you rip the Alexa out as quickly as you can? I know. The other day, we were at my uncle's house for the night, and my son goes up to her and play this song called like Broccoli or something. It involved broccoli. I've never heard a dirtier song in my life. Um, <laughs> I don't even understand how he knew it. He's like, Mom, it's all the words I can't say and a few more. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Alexa, never play broccoli. Yeah, just Um, kids go anywhere near her with broccoli. Just shut it down. (laughs) Okay, before I forget, one other thing that was a huge show with our listeners and was a huge show with me. Oh, my goodness. We haven't even touched on how many Kathleen Jennings things I have. Oh, New Year, New Year, part three, how to be a beautiful, busy mom. The home hour episode 104. It was a I mean, we are bankrupt. In fact, we spent all of our kind snack bar sponsorship money on like Kathleen's like I have something that my good friend who also listened to the show gave me. She's like, I have this face cream it's from a snail's butt that that kathleen talked about and i love her she's awesome and she's like it just isn't working on my face and somehow i missed that during our interview that she was advocating for like <laughs> snail butt cream but i've been rubbing this like snail, snail butt, butt face cream yeah Fair it's face that. cream you're putting like snail fanny excretions on your face i guess my face looks better i'm not a hundred percent sure <laughs> well everything kathleen has recommended that i tried i loved i've switched concealers because or not concealers switch i've switched foundations to the it the it cosmetics oh, yeah. cc illuminating oh best concealer oh ever. good we can share when i see you in a few weeks oh yeah. goody and then um and then also she recommended two different face masks she recommended one that was the very high-end one and i think it was like 18 dollars for this face mask and I had an event, and so I splurged, and I did it. I I, I was stunning, Graham. It was really? Nice. Wait, is that really true? Because oh, I thought, wow, oh, I glowed. I was like two kids, and ten years later, it was amazing. And <gasps> then, and but then I also bought the one um, from Amazon that that came in like a twelve pack that were the ones that penciled out to being about a dollar fifty each. Yeah, those are the one I got. I got amazing. Those. They're so great. But if we should tell people, they are not. The instructions are not in English. She said they were. It's Korean, right? Oh, so many things that she recommends. <laughs> like there's, if you just, you've just got to put it on with a wish and a prayer. Right. Well, because normally you would say like, oh, I want the drying one or, oh, I have a blemish. I want the, you know, clarifying one. No, I have no idea what any of these mean because nothing is written in English. Nothing. You know English. what? A lot of her product recommendations are incomplete. They all work. So. Yeah. yeah, it's totally uh. true. Okay. Um, Uh, We also, I will say, we did from our survey that we also had a lot of people write in. I think the two biggest ones that our listeners took away from were my family goal setting one and where I referenced the book that my in-laws wrote Mm -hmm. on family goal setting. And I have news for anyone who wanted a copy of that book. I do have copies available. So go ahead and reach out to us. Hello at the home hour. Um, They did get some more copies. And uh, or you can reach out to us on Instagram through a direct message, which is at the home hour. So hello at the dot com or at the home hour. I just I know a lot of people about a year ago had asked about that book and we now have copies. So that's exciting update. And then your meal planning one. Everybody loved your meal planning. And so many people have 
tried it and swear tried and true that that is a great system so if you are looking if mealtime is overwhelming to you listeners really seemed to love the meal planning episode and graham's awesome binder system that was a good one but i'm not selling mine like you are no, <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not selling it these things are I'm expensive teasing. To print. I'm okay teasing. Um, all Graham, right what's coming mia up more, next year mia more. it's been a wonderful year <laughs> it's been a wonderful year mia more. okay What's next year, Graham? Tell us, tell us your big goals for podcasting next year. Oh, I have one goal and I have one goal only. And it's driven all <laughs> of the joy and the vigor and the verve of this podcast. And you might not know where this is going. It's one woman named Susie Orman. <laughs> Everyone, if you don't know this about me, Susie's my white whale. I started this podcast a year ago with wait, Kirsten. Wait, 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 wait. Can I can I tell what? the story please because I think it's yes. I think it's better from a from a bystander's perspective. Okay. okay. So a year ago Graham calls me. She's she, I mean I'm on vacation actually and it was in a time zone where you woke me up at like 5 in the morning. Kirsten, we've been podcasting for maybe 2 weeks. I have the most exciting news. I have, like, you won't even believe who's going to be on our show. Yes. I said, who? Susie Ormond has agreed yeah. to be on the show. <laughs> she had. <laughs> no, in Graham's defense, she had agreed it. to be on the show. Yeah. And this is a brand new show. I'm like, you know what? That's, that's actually really cool. She's, she's pretty famous, Graham. Fast, for, I, fast forward. We get home. I go to a party. I tell everyone we've got this new podcast. And guess who's already agreed to be on the show? Suze Ormond. We've been talking a bit game. It's a little bit of a cat and mouse game, but it's not over yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's been an entire year. There's a woman named Kathy who is so involved. In it's her booker, and she's wonderful. And we have a delightful relationship. And I, I think we've really, really made headway with each other. And that we, in the new year, or the, the next year of this podcast, will be chatting with Susie. Graham must email Susie. Publicist I email her all Kathy. the time, and it's so awkward. Is it so once crazy. a week now? Are you emailing her? We go in stages. Every once in a while, Graham just sends her basically notes that we don't even reference the podcast anymore. Graham's just like, hey, thinking of you. Miss ya. <laughs> What's going on? Sometimes you'll notice her Instagram posts are randomly hashtagged Susie Orman. Yeah. But we have exciting news. Susie mm-hmm. Orman is joining the podcasting world. She is. And she, so we not are on going our show. To, yeah. <laughs> no, she's coming on our show. She's so coming on. Stay tuned. You never know when you'll hear her. And sorry, I'm just, I ser- seriously, Kirsten, I got sidetracked with you talking about her. I had to go to her website and just like check out some things. <laughs> Big Susie Ramon fans over here, right, Graham? Here's a quote. Um, you're never powerful in life until you're powerful over your own money. It's our, it's our daily inspiration for April 4th. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and then the other fun thing that we're going to be doing is, well, fun for us. <laughs> um. We're going to be focusing a little more on our own homes and um, kind of all these things that got us started on this podcast in the first place. And we're going to be taking a little break with the show, scaling back just a smidgen and going to an every other week, a bi-weekly format um, so that we can kind of 
try to make a little bit just of a higher quality show. Well, we honestly, really all the extra week time is going to be spent into creating Susie Orman's one show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we can't do every week, people. Like, I have to devote full time and attention to getting her on our show and making it the best episode you've ever heard. So, <laughs> uh, no, but we're going to be kind of scaling back for spring and summer and going to a bi weekly for about six months and um, kind of focusing a little more on getting us. Um, just some guests that we just absolutely love. We've had such great guests for this last year and uh, and we want to keep that up and really keep digging in and finding guests that are going to bring you guys great content and um, some good content from us as well. That really sums it up beautifully. Sorry, my mind is sidetracked now. Stop thinking um, about Susie Worman. <laughs> which does sound, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing this last year with us on our one-year anniversary. And as usual, please do send us an email, hello at thehomehour.com, or leave us a review on iTunes if you'd enjoyed what we're doing. Um, we're silly. We're having fun. We are two friends who are really just kind of sharing our life um, with you and also looking to hear what you're interested in hearing. So thank you yeah. again, everyone. We're always open to new ideas for new shows. And uh, yeah, we've gotten some of our, great, our greatest ideas from listener emails. So keep them coming. And thank you all for listening. We've had a fun first year and we are so excited about next year. Welcome home. Welcome home. <laughs>